next time we have news that is relevant for everyone to move from the lower and middle class all the way to the upper class top one percent everybody antonio t smith jr here i invented mexic news and a whole news station and all this stuff to rival the cnn's the fox news the newsmaxes the msnbc's whether it be far left far right or somewhere in the middle or middle left middle right we need a not-for-profit news a news that is not meant to scare you a news that is not so concerned with politics unless it's financially taking money out your pocket or putting money in your pocket and that's the purpose of mexit news mexit stands for middle class exit and that's what i'm about i'm fortunate enough to be in the top one percent and i'm bringing as many people with me as possible so on mexit news you learn about crypto you learn about blockchain. You learn about things that are relevant, that are excellently relevant, and that are fortified to push you to the next level. So thank you for joining Mexit News. It is a pleasure. You're going to hear this because this is on a podcast. So if you can give a rating, if you can send as much traffic to this podcast as possible, it always remain free because using advertisers to pay so i never have to charge you for the news antonio t smith jr you can't plant better you can dominate all right welcome back welcome back to the people's congress man we are excited about everything that's going on we have a packed house of our congress tonight all over the country and they're ready to give you some information that you can use to help you and your family be empowered educated and inspired so let's go ahead with introductions first. We'll start off with Prosperity Financial Services owner, Sadia, what's going on with you? Hello, everybody. I'm Sadia Douglas with Prosperity Financial Services. You can give me a call for any of your tax needs. If you have a business and you need business services, back office, I'm the company to call Prosperity Financial Services. All right, and we go to the famous author herself, Adrian in Philadelphia, what's going on with you? Hey world, this is Misunderstood Adrian. I am the CEO of IMA Industry. We are the guaranteed climate and social customer cold climate change baby. And like you heard, you, I am the new author of Surviving Tough Times. And I want to come to wherever you are. So make sure when you get your thing, you holler at the girl and let you know I'm on my way. We're going to handle some business. All right. All right, we go to Ms. Tanya in West Virginia, the mayor of West Virginia. I'm joking, Congresswoman. <laughs> uh, you're on mute, Tanya, you're on mute. Little, yeah, there we go. This is Tanya from Martinsburg, West Virginia. I'm one of the founders of uh, Gappy Hands Outreach. Um, we assist with a variety of programs here in West Virginia, ranging from recovery, life insurance, and other things in the community to assist the community. All right, thank you so much. All right, Roman Rome, let's think about it. What you got? <laughs> Hello, folks. I'm Jerome Red, aka Roman Rome, Baltimore's own, and let's think changegrow.com, where we help you think, change, grow, and maximize your greatness. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> All right, Marquise Washington with the good stuff. 
Yes, this is Brother Marquise from Indianapolis, Indiana. I am the marketing director for the Good Stuff Sauce LLC, <laughs> where my 16-year-old entrepreneur son has created the Good Stuff. You can find us online at facebook.com backslash Good Stuff Sauce. I can taste the goodness all the way over here. All right, yes, we go to Kevin, the quality control man. What's going on? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, all across the globe, welcome to your future. Kevin Vaughn, CEO and founder of the MLT Network. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? We are betting on you to bet. What is that? Well, it's business, education, training, and technology. We can help you, ladies and gentlemen, at mltnetworks.net. Thank you so much. All right. Now we go to last but certainly not least, Yimitelli Corsi, the queen of Africa in her <laughs> penthouse in New York. <laughs> Hi, this is Yimitelli Kwashi. Long Island, New York. Uh, I am not a business owner currently, but I am pursuing a career in social advocacy. All right, and I am Stephen Walker, the official owner of Hollywood. That's right, I own Hollywood in California. All of that's my property. I'm letting people rent it every month. You wanna reach me, mypurposemypower.com. I own a company called Manifest Media. We are a graphic designs branding company, and that's my website. If you're looking for a business coach, I'm your guy, give me a call. All right. The People's Congress is now in session, and we're going to start off with a topic that is very important. It has everything to do with getting things delivered to your door and making a little bit of cash. And we're going to go ahead and toss it over to our main man, Jerome Rome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Steven, uh, that's not one of the topics I read. Hey, I I was just... <laughs> <laughs> hey. trying to see if you was ready. That's I was all trying to see if you go. You know I was trying to see if you go catch the ball and roll with it. All right, Marquise, help him out, Marquise. What you got? <laughs> he didn't fall for it. I was hoping he was going to run with it. I want to see what he was going to say. Well, this this story here is is basically about a gentleman uh, who decided to do DoorDash delivery because. I believe his his job got cut due to coronavirus, so he had to do a side hustle. And this is this is what he found. He found he found uh, the DoorDash opportunity, and he went in and went in deep. And he uh, basically the the article basically tells us about his average day, how he began, and how much money he has made, and even where he could go to make money in oh, his, his secrets in his in his local area. And uh, I believe he was somewhere in, I know I'm wrong. I thought it was Seattle, but um, he was somewhere mm -hmm. out in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. And so the thing that, the thing that I pulled away from this article is that regardless of anything, you can't let life hang you up. Mm -hmm. You always have to continue to look for the opportunity, wherever that is. And, and that's one reason why we are all here is because we see the opportunity and we are going to capitalize on that said opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You said it, Tanya. What's your take on the story? Um, just like he said, you know, I like articles, you know, like this because it shows, you know, the life challenges that, you know, the individual goes through. And how he still worked it out because he said he had to pick up his kids in between time and um, other things he had to do for his wife that he was still able to get that stuff done and still get back out there and, you know, make the money that he had to make, you know, for his, you know, for the family. But he did explain real well the pros and the cons of DoorDash, um, the good things about it, as well as, as not so good things about it. But you it's 
you got to know how to work it. So he, you know, learned the system and how to work the whole DoorDash thing because, you know, as far as the tipping and people not tipping and that kind of thing and, you know, just making sure it worked out for, you know, him and his family so they're still able to survive and live. So that's, that's what I, I mean about the article. Yeah, yeah. He's doing what he has to do to, to help his mm -hmm. family survive in these tough times. So kudos to him and everyone in the middle class that's making it happen for their family. We love our middle class people. And we want to give a shout out to Mexit and ATS, helping the middle class to exit out of poverty mentality into riches. All right. So now let's talk about it, Congress. Let's talk about this. Let's take a poll first. Who has used a service like DoorDash? Show of hands. All right, so that's about half the Congress. Oh, a little bit, a little delayed there by the Queen. She had to think about it. All right, so uh, so now let's take it to the Congress. What do you guys think about uh, those kind of services, and and what was your uh, what was your take on using those services? Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you my experience, um, and and on top of that, this this whole experience, I, I've used them often, even when I was in transportation, uh, being a truck driver, um, they were quite valuable. When, as a truck driver specifically, you're at a at a large facility, you can't leave. You're literally trapped, and I mean, you you have you can't leave the area because at any time they can say, "All right, you can leave." Then you have to go through the guard gate, blah blah blah. But you can call these people; they'll literally deliver to the dock door. So they were invaluable. It's an invaluable service, and for me, like this gentleman here, he would tell you sometimes that they, sometimes the tip money wasn't worth the drive. Mm. And so whenever I could, I would make sure that they do get tipped handsomely. Um, mm -hmm. And and I say that also because I, I was a driver for Uber as well. Okay. And it's, it's the same kind of situation to where you don't want to leave your house unless there's a serious opportunity for you to actually put money in your pocket. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you still have to pay expenses. This, you know, when this guy's talking about I made eight hundred dollars, that's eight hundred dollars, and then he has to subtract his gas and blah blah blah. So he might only pull six hundred in a week. Mm. But that's the things that you have to you have to take into consideration when you are dealing with these. Um, I'll call them business owners because that's what they are. They're yeah. they right. they are business owners. So. I would encourage everybody, if you, whenever you use the service, you tip them, you tip them well, because they deserve it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Marquise. Anybody else? Well, I did I think that it was interesting how he talked about, you know, that there were down times where he made two to three hundred dollars. And I know this as well from talking to clients who are, you know, door dashers and um, are working for the food delivery. There are certain times a day, there are certain days of the week where it's not even beneficial to work. Um, Lunchtime and dinner are amazing. Brunch on, on the weekends. But the, the piece that I noticed that towards the end of his um, article was that he doesn't really know the benefits of being an entrepreneur, um, being his own business owner, because he was concerned about what was going to happen at tax time. So my deal is, is if you are a ride share, a food delivery, you need to keep in mind there are certain things you'll be able to write off. You can depreciate your car, which is the biggest. Um, talk to your accountant about how to depreciate your vehicle. You can de um, deduct all the cost of PPE equipment, out the cleaning for the exterior, cleaning for the interior, anything you use. You might have water and snacks in there for your riders. 
Um, if you're a ride share, um, all of that is tax deductible. Um, you, you have a choice of either using your mileage or your deducting of your car. Now, it just depends on how much you pay for your car and whether or not that's worth it to you. But the other things, don't forget, you can deduct your phone bill. Maybe it's 50% of your phone use. You, when you're at home, you're on your Wi-Fi trying to see if you can pick up an order, deduct your Wi-Fi. You can also deduct if you have a, a um, home office, you can go in and deduct. Um, if you own your home, you can say, hey, square footage, this is what I pay in mortgage. This is what I pay for utilities. This is what I pay for my alarm system, my housekeeper, all of these things. Um, right. If you are in an apartment, you can still deduct based on the average square footage. The maximum you can deduct is up to $1,500 based on a, um, an equation. And you can still deduct all those things. What if you bought a new computer, tablet, phone? So as a business owner, all of these things are available to you. Wow. Look, that look, just give it up right there. That that right there is a class on deductions for ride sharing. And that was free. You know, most most companies won't give that kind of information out like we're giving out. And that's thank you to uh, Miss Prosperity Financial Services herself. If you want more information, there's her website. Uh, but yeah, that's great information. Thank you so much. And I'm sure they, they want more information. They'll reach out to you. Uh, Tanya, did you have anything you want to do? Um, share on the rest of the story? Um, just that, you know, what the, what she just said about him being a, it's different from being an employee and then a business owner. And that's what they consider them as. So, so there's no exact hours. So you, you're flexible of picking the hours. I did notice there's a lot of different places that are doing that now instead of having people sign up as employees they have them like independent business associates or owners um do i guess due to the whole covid um 19 a lot of some companies have been switching over to that mm -hmm. um, actual companies um which makes it you know i guess the taxes and like she was saying a little bit different where you can write off stuff for versus being an employee where you know that stuff isn't available to you so, yeah. Yeah. But and if you I know, can, mm -hmm. great, it sounds great. It sounds good. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to say. It's, it sounds good. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't really know what you're talking about, she knows what she's talking about. So it sounds good. When the person that's the business owner goes and tries to do all of that, what you're trying to do, no, it doesn't sound good because that is a CPA telling you exactly what you can do with your stuff. We are trying to use our whole phone bill because we have a business. We going to use our whole car note because we got a business. Now, if you drive halfway around the world and you only Uber or DoorDash four days out, the, two days out the week, you're lying. That is not what you can do. So we need to hear more of that. The only way that works is if you have all your receipts. So that says that the people that stop at the Toll booth and say, Oh, can I have a receipt? 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 That's what you need. You need your receipts because, oh, you can't do that at the end if you ain't got no receipt. It come ain't on. nothing that you can pull that you can't pull that off at the end when kicks when tanks come because that sounds real good. But, oh, if you don't know that, excuse me, can I have a receipt for that? <laughs> Thank you. You need all your receipts. That's you right. Look right. at Adrian. You that's good information. 
You can pay it off if you want to, but you better show proof that this is what mm-hmm. you're doing in your house. You better show it off because you can't pay off your electric bill if you're doing your work in your house. Because for real, for real, if you're Ubering and you're door dashing, you ain't working in the crib. You're working in the house. So you better be careful. Pay your phone bill and not your cable bill. Because the one thing they will get you on in this 1099. And that's what they call it, Tanya, 1099s. Because they make you an independent contractor so that, therefore, when you do mess up, it's you know what, you know what, Adrian? You know what, Adrian? So, you remind me of um, you know how you have a mama that just loves you. She's so sweet, and then you got that one aunt that don't let you get away with nothing. Nothing. You die yeah. right there, boy. You be bringing it. Well, you better get no, the receipts. Because I have heard that, and I have actually literally tried that. And when you get there, it sounds good. But if you don't have that two, three boxes of all of those receipts, it don't add up. It's true. And it's got to add up to benefit you. Like, so it sounds great. But, but protect yourself, that, right? Protect yourself, get the receipts. And when I tell you that you have to protect yourself, because that's what the man, like the way I read the article, he's telling you exactly what it is. But that's what happens. You get stuck in a hard place. Because you in you're in a hard place, so you believe right. that now you're gonna go make this money. You need to make the money because you're stuck okay. in a hard place. You know. So okay. now when you get your when you get your tax you have- that thing for the 1099 because you know every dollar that you made is on there, so somebody is keeping a track of all your money. All right, yes, so we, we're, we're, going, we're, going to we're gonna give Tanya a chance now, Adrian. Let's give Tanya a chance to weigh on the issue. What's going on, Tanya? I said that's where the CPA comes in. That's where prosperity financial. Are you a creator looking for a home? A place to genuinely call home, a place to put all of your work, all of your creations, some place where you know it will get the attraction, you'll get the followers, the subscribers that you deserve and you need. ATS TV is the place for you. If you want a place where you can call home, reach out to us. Email us at info at AntonioTSmithJr.com and find out how you can become a creator on ATS TV today. We want you and you want us. Welcome home. Tell them us a link in the description. Click the link in the description to find out more about ATS TV and to see where you will soon call home. Tell them I said hi. Antonio said hi. Um, comes in to help. If you're a business owner, just like, you know, we all have our own businesses, we're going to make sure we have to make sure that we're going to be keeping good records of our financial, you know, how our job, you know, how our business is running. So that's where you're talking about where the receipts come in and making sure you have all that stuff documented because there's going to be a time, you know, IRS might audit you or whatever have you. You need to know how much money you got coming in, how much money going out, you know, all that stuff. Um, And that's where our... Prosperity Financial Services comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. You're going to have to get some sponsorship dollars from her. As much as we talking right. about it tonight. Um, so, but let's move. Oh, you got something else? I may add, yes. One of the things that the article, and thank you, Adrian and Tanya. I appreciate it. Adrian kept pointing to me. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> one of the things the article only touched on a little bit is that um, one of the reasons why you may see a lot more independent operators is because it takes down the 
payroll costs and the tax costs for the employer. So if you are not an employee, it's on average about 30% um, of your pay to give you insurance, to pay their portion of your taxes, to pay the, um, un the unemployment, they have to pay that um, workers comp. So mm -hmm. they don't wanna have to pay your salary plus 30%. So that's why you see, especially during the virus, people maintained, tried to retain um, their employees because they wanted PPP money, but others flipped them over to independent because they couldn't afford to keep them and pay all their you know, taxes and benefits. So he was definitely saying, I don't have health insurance. I don't know what's going to happen when I retire. Those are the insecurities that come from owning your own business. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go from that to the richest person in the U.S. Uh, Telly, what do you got on that? So I actually have a lot of information on that. It was very interesting to read that from March 2020 to March 2021, the number of rich people grew. So yes. for billionaires, it increased by more than 44.6% and wow. over 40 Americans became billionaires So hmm. during the pandemic. So it seems as though it was beneficial for a number. Right, so we need to get the address and phone numbers to every exactly. one of those people. So we can ask them how they did that and how can we do it I too. Agree. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And for so many um, in the U.S., they probably don't know that they live in the same state as a number of billionaires. So the richest person uh, is Jeff Bezos, which is the foremost CEO of Amazon. Right. He is worth 185 billion. And that's actually 0.864 of the US GDP, right. just from his salary. Wow. Um, and he right. also resides in Washington state. Mm -hmm. Next on the list is Elon Musk, which they said based on the market, he tends to fluctuate between um, Jeff Bezos and him as far as who's the richest. So right now, Elon Musk is um, said to have one, $171, excuse me, $171 billion, um, And he resides in Austin, Texas. And the third on the list is Mark Zuckerberg. He's in California with $113 billion. And the interesting fact is most of his wealth comes from the company, but he only has 13% stake, which I thought is very interesting. So, I said, okay, so I'm not going to get set off early. I'm going to let y'all, let's talk about it, Congress. Let's talk about it a little bit. So that's the uh, the richest people in America. Is there any shock that people got rich during the uh, pandemic? Is that is that a shock to anybody? No. It isn't, it isn't a shock. It is a shock. All right, Kevin, what you got at all? No it's shock. All. Matter of fact, our because wonderful reader, Antonio P. Smith. You would have never known. People was making yeah, money. No guys, people no. were dying. They were looking at the people dying. They was watching the numbers go up of the dying. We wasn't really thinking about Adrian. money. Adrian, stop cutting the line. Kevin was right. talking. Kevin was talking. Mute myself. All right, go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, yeah, guys. There's no, uh, there's no surprise there because uh, Antonio T. Smith has been teaching that, and he's actually doing that. And he actually mentioned that his business went up during the last year and continues to go up even as we speak. So you got to understand that people that know how to make money will continue to make money until the planet says stop. <laughs> you know, basically. So 
It's no surprise because they're in position. They're also in what I call the zone on creating stuff. And brother Steven, I know you know about this. We love to think. They're always yeah. thinking. they're always thinking about new ways to, of idea. Not so much about the money. It's the ideas. You know where you know how to get to Mars. You know how to get to the moon. How to put pizza on the moon and make it hot when it gets back here. You know that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure out how to make money so I can go to the bank. I just need to go to the bank. I don't need yeah. to go to the moon. If yeah. I can just get to the bank and get some money out, I'll be happy. Absolutely. So it's all about mindset, guys. That's what it is. That's what we're here for today. Exit is about mindset. ATS is about mindset. Change the mindset. You'll change the world, guys. No doubt. Come on. That's all right. All right. So uh, the, the the billionaires that are out here, did you say, Telly, unmute, unmute yourself. So did you say how many new billionaire uh, millionaires were made or billionaires? I didn't catch that. So it was 43 Americans that were made billionaires from March 2020 to 43 March 2020. new billionaires. Yes. Yep. All right. Now, seriously, now, now, Congress, is that a shock to anybody? Because I'm shocked. If she had said like three or four billionaires, but 43 billionaires, I would like to know who their companies are, what kind of what what lanes, you know, what categories and verticals they're in, uh, because that actually middle class. Uh, we want to inform you on something. Those are, like we've been saying, indicators, they set trends, right? So if we're in a pandemic and those industries see a bump, then you know that if something like this comes again, that trend is that those same industries are going to be on the rise again. So that can help you know which stocks to buy. It can also help you know which companies to look out for in terms of growth, too. So, uh, But anyway, so these are the kind of things that we're seeing and, and starting to understand about how this system works. You would right. think that in this kind of state, not only are people being hurt, but you would think companies would be hurt at the same time, but no, it's not the case. So, you know, it's very interesting because in times of distress, uh, monetary distress and economic downturn, which is what we experienced rather quickly in 2020, that is when entrepreneurship grows. Okay. So people find ways to make money. You know, if they don't have jobs, they become creative. And so I looked it up to see what were some of the best um, business ideas in 2020 that kind of came out of our shutdown. And the number one best was to have a profitable blog. Okay. People then increased online courses and coaching. They started e-commerce business. So that's Etsy and all of the other ones. Um, people started their podcasting. They started selling custom printed products, graphic design, web development, and becoming an influencer. So all of us can say we've done some part of that during COVID. If it's you true. really thought about your business. Yeah, that's good insight. I mean, I, I myself have started a, a podcast and graphic design company and all that. So yeah, that's a really good point. Um, all right, so let's move this story over to Biden, President Biden. Now, Tanya, I hear he wants to shut something down. What is he trying to set, shut down? Tanya. Tanya. She might there be frozen. Go. There we go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. In three, two, one. <laughs> yes, there we go. You got it. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> um, he's trying to shut down the, the credit bureaus, all three of them. Um, and turn it over to like a consumer financial protection bureau. Oh, I'm um, scared of that. Yeah, he's trying to shut it all down. They have the reasons 
for doing it, um, saying that the viewers that they have, the schools that they have is, is not working as far as they all have their different scoring systems. And then when people try to go apply for, you know, cars or houses and stuff, they can get, you know, not approved because each, you know, bureau doesn't have the same scoring system, which could cause you to be declined because of the amount, the score that you have. So he's saying if we put it all under this one, this one um, protection bureau, that it'll be a stable, it'll be just one scoring system that'll make it easier for people to get approved for, you know, houses and different things, you know, that, you know, that we need to live um, it says it will cut down on the racial um, equality, equality. Yeah, amongst us mm -hmm. and also relieve this consumer, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing that we have been going through. It'll kind of relieve some of the pressure, you know, people trying to get approved for stuff. It'll, it'll relieve some of that anxiety of not being approved. So. All right. So I want to take this to I want to take this to Jerome. Jerome, talk to us for a second. What are your thoughts on that? Um. I, I I like the principle of what he's trying to do. The, I think the problem with that is you've got these agencies out there that, that have already been established, that are already making money, that are already supposedly helping people. Um, unfortunately, there's a whole lot more behind the scenes that needs to be addressed. And just putting it under one umbrella, I don't think it's going to change it. It's got to be more equitable for everybody across the board. So I like the principle but I think the ability to apply that, that's going to be hard because, for example, the two of them, I know for a fact in the past, have had security breaches where folks have broken in and stolen your information. And, and they end up saying, well, we're going to cover you for a year or we'll cover you for 24 months. Well, I don't know if they got my stuff or not, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, and I don't understand, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't, I don't understand standards. Uh, reports and what they mean, and you know, I know that I know that student loans. You can't write them off. You got to pay them. I know that. Yeah. It's like, you know, what can I do and what can I? Do? I'm not that smart. You know, I'm I'm stuck in the middle class. So. Hey, hey, I'm an average bear myself. So I, I thank God for my sister. She helped me out with all that kind of stuff. But Kevin, be smart. Kevin, so what are your thoughts on on setting up this one agency to handle that for all Americans? Yeah, I think that's uh, not a good idea, only because you need diversity, a little bit of diversity in that area, uh, because uh, if you have one score, obviously everybody's not going to fall into that one area. I think it should be uh, at least diverse enough where it's at least two to three different areas to give you a better feel for uh, what area you need to, to um, improve on. So yeah. a different, uh, different take on depending on whether, whether it's housing, you know, your car, it could be it could be buying some sneakers, ladies and gentlemen. All that's going to be rolling up in there. So I think it needs to have a little more diversity uh, in that to give you a better feel for it. But I think we need people like Sadia, though. You need to have her on the payroll, guys, in order to make sure you sort that out and position yourself in the right area. So we need that diversity. I think we need diversity because everything's going to be a little different for uh, everybody at the different levels of class. All right, uh, you are if you just down tuning in, we are the People's Congress, and we're discussing. Discussing uh, issues that uh, that impact the middle class. I'm going to give my take on it, and then we're going to go to Saudi for uh, probably a more sound response. Um, so, so this is my take on that. Anytime you have a government saying that they're going to pull everything under one umbrella, 
that they will control, that scares me. It scares me for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, capitalism is based on the freedom, the, the freedom of our market to have competition. Competition drives rates and prices. It also, when it comes to credit, gives us a better picture of who we really are from for uh, different from different companies because they each have their own way of reporting. So when one says you look horrible, the other one says you look better, it kind of bounces, it bounces out. But if you have one who just says, you know what, we don't like Steven because he's a Christian, or we don't like Steven because he didn't pay his taxes. So we're going to put in here an algorithm that nobody will know, and then his credit's going to start dropping. It makes me think about China, because China has a system right now where their people are getting uh, merits or demerits based on how they are as a citizen, if they litter, if they break any crimes, if they don't pay their taxes, or they're late for work. I mean, they get demoted. And if, if you hit the, if you go under the line, you don't even get to travel outside of the country. You can't fly. You can't take a train. That seems to me to be one of those things that if it's put in place, it'll be just like the IRS. The IRS needs to be audited. Okay. So, so if the IRS has, don't have their stuff together, how do you think creating an agency that helps help people with their credit, how are they going to be any different than having the IRS have be the, the end all be all when it comes to taxes? Now they're going to be telling everybody who's credit worthy and who's not. So I'm just a little worried about that, a little skeptical. Of course, you should be because we're Americans. That's what we do. All right. So let's talk to uh, let's talk to Saudi, who they're probably going to draft to be the CEO of this new branch of the government anyway. <laughs> so what, do you, what is your thoughts? So um, I think it's good to understand from the article that they're looking to create a platform on which all three would reside. Um, so it's not necessarily having one reporting agency. Excuse they would me. still exist. Excuse me. Excuse me. You couldn't have said that earlier before I just ran it for the last two minutes? I, I kept trying to talk, but you said you'd go first. Oh, okay. You were sure. just being, okay, I honored that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so <laughs> by having that platform, they would better be able to monitor these credit agencies for their inequalities that we are seeing. And the second part of that, it is virtually, I mean, impossible unless you learn a system to get something that's incorrect removed permanently from your credit report. Because as soon as you question it and they have 90 days to respond, they'll remove it. But if they post it again, it's back on your credit report. It doesn't stop them from reposting it, okay, re-reporting it. Um, now, some of the challenges, there are some challenges that, you know, to having a platform like this, and that would be, it would be subject to volatility. Right now, you uh, do stop. Back to bus up. subject to We just changes. hit a big word speed bump. All right. <laughs> so, so what is that word? Let's, let's bring it down so the middle class, we can comprehend. What's that? What are you talking about? So they could, it's subject to change. Oh, by the way, I'm going to jump to Adrian right after this, because I think we need to hear from Adrian. Okay, it's, it's subject to changes. Um, one company could change their criteria, change how they are rating people. Um, we all found out that you used to be able to have a good credit rating with this company and maybe a poor paying history with this company and it didn't affect the other one's interest rate. Then they started doing interest rate smoothing. So if you are bad with one, they make it so your rate rises with the rest of them. We've already seen that in our generation. And so what this is looking to do, don't know if it'll work, if it'll ever get off the ground, but it's trying to give Americans a fighting chance. But I, th I think it's an uphill battle. I'm not sure that this is going to happen. 
All right, Adrian, tell the people the truth. How you feel about credit? People checking your credit. All right now, they have a conversation. They're having conversations about people that have credit that are people that have credit, but people don't really care about what you're talking about. So all of that is a mute point. Nobody cares. The people are trying to make it. At the end of the day, what Joe Biden is trying to do is trying to make people become people so that we can use people for the economy because he needs people to act like people so that they can buy into the economy. The people don't want to be people. So now he's deciding that he's going to make these laws so that they can be people. And then he's really saying that because you're not people, we know that you're not people, but we're going to try to set it up so that your kids can become people because you don't know how to be people. Well, we keep in mind, to too, Adrian, that they told us to. No, because that's what's really going on. I heard what you said, and I couldn't hear. No, it's not about me. It's not about me. Biden, are you reporting it? That's all I'm saying. I was listening to your reporting because I was trying to see. Okay, Adrian, I'm sitting here. We represent the we represent the middle class, and then I'm thinking, I don't want to hear this shit. All right, so we went to Adrian. Let's get let's get Marquise to chime in on this. Marquise, let's bounce this story out a bit. What uh, I, I I see you finished eating, so I, I wanted to come to you now. Well, you know, I had to I had to take some medicine right there. So I got you. I saw your yeah. face when it when it hit you. It hit you yeah, hard. yeah, it was rough. Well, I'm I'm like I'm like you. I don't like any any merger, any combination, or anything like that when it comes to government because I don't trust government. You know, you're not supposed to trust government. And the problem that we have is that we don't have enough people who will put the government in check because every time when somebody does put the government in check, the government checks them. Mm, come whether, on, whether they'll pay them off or they'll take them out. But you didn't hear that from me because I don't want to be the next one. That's for real. He has a disclaimer. Like that. Like that. All right. Well, look. Middle class. Did Kevin put his glasses on? You know. You know. We have fun. If I can wrap it up, Stephen, by saying I was about to wrap it up myself. Thank you. So, so what I, so, so I, the way I want to wrap this up is I want to go ahead and pass it over to Sadia. There you go. Great. You. All right. I was going to simply say that when it comes to credit, the wealthy, they don't care about the credit. They don't need credit. They don't need credit, right. The poor, they don't care about credit because they don't need it. They don't have it. They don't have any money. It's the middle class that cares about their credit. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be all these consumer bureaus taking advantage of the middle class, charging them money to say, hey, I can work this out for you. Because they know middle class want to own homes or buy cars. Mm -hmm. And so if you go out on the internet and put in financial counseling, you would not be surprised to see the thousands of people willing to help you out for a cost. Okay. And there are so many coaches that are coming out. If you pay me $29.99 a month, I'll help you clean your credit up. Yeah. Or agencies saying, I'll negotiate on your behalf, but they do it without the permission of the credit card holders. So they count you as late, report you as late, and charge you interest. Okay. So I have a question. I have a question. Because I'm yes. filling up you. I just want to know what is it that the person is doing but making the phone call? Is this to help you not make your phone call? Yeah. Is that what it is? The credit reporting all agency. All you have to do is make your yeah. phone call. Right? Yeah. They make people. You say Great. call it and then deny, and you say call it and then dispute. I think there's some paperwork they got to fill out too. What you say, Sadie? 
Yeah, so it's it's kind of a little bit of a scam because what they do is they tell you, I've negotiated with your creditors. You might have 10 creditors. What they're doing is taking your one payment, taking their cut, and mailing $20 to the other um, creditors saying, I've negotiated on your behalf. The creditors never agreed with it. So that's no, no, that's no, my no, whole point. Yeah, right. so, doing that? So how are they getting away with doing that? Oh, well, I because mean, the options are different, and, and the credit, um, the different your different creditors are getting something from right. It. Even if you just send a dollar a month to your creditors, they're happier because you're not sending them nothing for money. But they if they're sending bigger chunks, it. it does help. And they're operating they the middle class. They that can was legally do it because you did. sign off telling them they can do it because right. you think they're helping you. But Steve, you know, that was a good you, some people, you just some told people. somebody something. You just told a lot of people something because there's there's a there is a point in there's a point in credit where it's like okay, if you have it to pay your bill, then you pay your bill. If you don't have it to pay your bill, then you can't pay your bill. But there's a moment in there where you might not have all that you have to pay your bill. The conscious effort is that you make a conscious effort to make a payment. Right. So in order to keep payments coming, you can make a payment of a dollar and they will not be able to tell you that you are not making payments. They're called voluntary payments. The, the thing is, the word is voluntary. There's a voluntary payment, and then there's an involuntary payment. If you make a voluntary payment, then they can't touch you because you are voluntarily giving what it is. Now, if you run into a financial hard set and you can't pay your $19.99 or the $29.99, and you can pay a dollar, send the dollar in, and guess what? They really will not be able to touch you. Unfortunately, middle class, there's a difference between I don't have the money and I want to spend this dollar because I want to try to pay my bill or being honest with yourself and knowing daggone well you ain't paying. All right. I mean, that's the truth. And middle class, we, we're not going to soft you this issue. That is the truth. I've done it myself. Not even paying my creditors and I'm still going out to eat fast food. I'm going out watching movies. Spending money on stuff that done, I want to do. Hair done. Yeah, so, so if you're going to come out of debt, you have to come out of debt mentality. And that's what we're talking yeah. about here in the middle class is that the, the wealth that you're spending on yourself to just please yourself, make you feel good, is taken away from your future and causing you to be subject to the very system that you're in. It's holding you down. So what we're gonna what we want to do is shift our thinking. And part of that is for you to go to Mexico. It's for yes. you to learn through ATS what it means to handle your finances, take the courses you need, sit your family down with you, and take the courses you need to be empowered. Make sure you do this. Why? Because for a very small amount of money, you can have your entire family rise in their understanding and set a legacy for your future that you wouldn't have if you just kept wasting your money on stuff that don't even make you happy. You're just doing it. Right. You're just right. doing it. I once knew a lady, I ain't going to say who she is, but I once knew a lady who wanted to get her hair braided. And she went and got her hair braided. It cost $180 for her to get her hair braided. Guess how long it lasted? Two weeks. Do you know why? Because it got heavy on her big head, I mean, on her head. And she decided to cut the braids off. Take it right off. Lighter, and she brought that whole $180 for something she didn't You're talking about me? 
Is you talking about me? No, I am not. Is you talking about me? That's what I want to know. Well, you know what they say, the shoe fit, honey. I am talking about it. Wear the stiletto. Wear the stiletto, Adrian. This is the point. When it comes to minority groups, we have been famous for shifting money, our wealth, into fun, into entertainment, into distractions, and not investing it into assets that's bringing us money. I mean, we have to figure out how to shift, and this is the time to shift. And look, I'm gonna tell you a little story. Some man, a man once told me that, and he got a pretty big boat. He says, look, I'm on this lake and I'm traveling across this lake. If you want to get across the lake, hook your boat to my boat, we're gonna get there together. All we're asking you to do is the same thing. Here at the People's Congress, we're saying, look, we are all elevating our thinking every day, every week. Yes. As a matter of fact, with ATS, we have a call every morning at nine o'clock, Monday through Friday. You need to get on the call so you can hear the same stuff we're hearing. Make sure we're going to put it in show notes so you can. But this is the point. We're doing this right now. We're just asking you. We're, we're begging you. Stop doing what you're doing and start doing what you need to do. And the yeah. only way you're going to learn what you need to do is to hook up with people like us. We're right. middle class people. Everybody but Saudi is middle class. So everybody else is middle class and we're trying to get elevated together. All right. So we want you to be empowered. We want your family to be inspired. And uh, we're going to help you get there. That's what we're here for. You I mean, guys we elected us at your Congress. We'll yeah, we need, to, we need to stop being in denial. We tell people, well, we didn't know and no one told us. Well, if we can Google to find out where the restaurant is, we can Google to find out about what we need to do to do better with our, our credit, with our money. There's so many people who have an excuse for why they continue to do wrong. And, and, and the problem is, it's just an excuse. It's a weakness that you have, and you're not willing to change it. And that's the truth about a lot of things about human nature. It's true. And you know what? You're not in Egypt. So stop acting like you're in denial. Let's go. Here we go. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on. All right. Hey, hey, great. Before we move on, there, before we move on, I just got to put this out there, ladies and gentlemen. You have the power. <laughs> okay, somebody, uh, somebody's got some energy tonight. Okay, let's go to Adrian. Mark Cuban believes Doge will find its level. What's happening with that? Let me see. First and foremost, when y'all start talking about rich people, right? You know, it's like it's only about six of them, and then it's just it's like they swapping through their money. And I'm realizing just what Sadia said. They go from in and out. They they swapping back and forth. So Mark Cuban, he been in the news a lot lately. Y'all do understand this. As I was reading the one, I seen another thing. I said, what the heck, Mark, what is he doing? Playing with people's money and talking this crypto stuff. When okay. You, okay, can y'all see me? Yeah, yes. go ahead. All right, I'm making sure because I don't know. I'm going to just see what it says. <laughs> well, we we, don't, we see you struggling over there, sister, but you're doing good. Do you see me? Okay, because you. you know, technology says to me, just stop. And then I would go, okay, tech, I know how to do it. I pick up my old phone and make a phone call. Don't okay, no, you got it. We can hear you. You're good. Okay, good. So Mark Mark Cuban and his Dogecoin, as we first know now to say, Dogecoin. Because I might not have any money, but I know that I can say Dogecoin and be Doge. in the right building with the, the right conversation. Marquise told us that last week. The okay. Doge coin. Doge. So he's doing something with the Doge coin and he finds this level. He says that it's going to become supply and demand. So 
So we're like, what? So the cryptocurrency, we all know about cryptocurrency. And what it's initially created the as the it was it was supposed to just be something that I think they just wanted to play around with, but it now has hit this all-time high. And now it's it says it surpasses the 30 cent mark. Now, after I read the article, what I'm need is Sadia to interpret the article. Okay, that's what we'll do. And then everybody can help us out. All right, so it says surpassing the 30 cent mark that was attributed to the tweet that he sent the other day about Tesla and Elon Musk in support of the Dogecoin. Now, this all-time high was the latest of the series over the past few days. They say as of Saturday, Dogecoin is like the eighth most valuable cryptocurrency in terms of market capitalization. Then it says that currently over $39 billion is what they're talking about. So social media has no means been able to like stop it. No, I want to say that the way they say it is by, by social media, no means has any way to help this Dogecoin rise. Of okay. course, because the way that I can communicate with you now is so much easier. But what's going to happen with the Dogecoin? Someone's going to have to say, no, we're transferring this money too fast. We're flipping this money too fast. We're hearing that people are getting rich. And then, like, the owners of Dallas Mavericks are just like, okay, we're going to do this. Back in March, he revealed that the whole team was accepting those coins for Ooh. tickets. Like, if they weren't, they weren't, you wouldn't have to buy money. You didn't have to buy your ticket with the money. You could use those coins. So it's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. So really, this becomes a new surge in pricing. So then it says that the Mavericks, they said they put it in for 24 hours. And in 24 hours, they set a record for the merchandise sales in the Dogecoin. So now they took Dogecoin from just regular trading and marketing to actually being able to say, this is what I want to make my payment with. So imagine that. And then it says that the sales have gone up by 550%. Okay. Well, look. I didn't even know that was a percentage. Y'all know. <laughs> well, you know what? 550% over well, a last month. Well, it's look. Just Check this out. Check this out. At ATS, we knew about Dogecoins like three, four months ago. We had the inside scoop of that three, four months ago. So this is what we're talking about, getting connected to a community that already is, has the pulse on so many different things. And shout out to Antonio T. Smith Jr. for giving us that insight. Um, that's the type of leadership he's given us. But look, you guys need to get connected because things like this are going to happen. Right now is Dogecoin. Next, you know, next one might be something different. But you got to get connected to the sources. All right, let's talk about it, Congress. Dogecoins. Marquise, I see your mouth is full again. I won't call on you. Um, Let's uh, those coins. Who has uh, who has some insight on this? You got some, Marquis? Actually, actually, I find it interesting that a millionaire, billionaire kind of guy would use would 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 leverage that. I guess could be when when you allow people to use this platform to purchase tickets or whatever in your venue. Mm. That that's an automatic attention getter. And people will automatically flood that. And yeah. once it becomes noticed, then you capitalize off of it. Then the price goes up. Yeah, you know, I, I want to understand the rate of exchange. You know, if the ticket costs $50, how much do I have to give in Dogecoin 
to get that same ticket. You know, that's how I want to see what that conversion is. So do you got something? Um, so one thing I found very interesting about what's been happening with the um, popularity of the Dogecoin is that not only is it being used um, and leveraged for notoriety for, you know, I'm being, you know, famous because what I've done is said, you can come to my site and purchase all of my memorabilia, all of my, my swag with the coin. Not only did, as Marquis say, did he advertise his company? the Dogecoin, all his fan base, and it went up 550%. But the interesting thing is, is that when <laughs> Elon Musk made his tweet about the Dogecoin, it caused an outage on Robinhood, okay? Their crypto exchange was down for two hours and no one could do anything, okay? So then the platform restricted the crypto trading, okay? And now the Dogecoin is rallying. And so what they mean by it will find its level, it's, it's like water. water. Exactly right. Okay. So it's like how cement is. They pour it and it finds an equal place where all of it is equal. It finds its level. And so it's by supply and demand. And the way supply and demand works in economics, the more people who want it, mm -hmm. happens. Supply goes up. Price goes down. Okay. Supply becomes less lean. It becomes lean. Scarcity, price goes yeah. up. So yeah. in looking at that, that's what's happening. So right now, you know, people want it. It's a little buzz around it. But he says it's going to find this level. It's going to go up, come down, and level off. Absolutely. All right, so middle class. Let's, middle let's, class let's look at, what that mean? We got to go get it now then? Is that what you got to say? say middle class. Middle class is what you have to get. We can't tell you to go do it. We can only tell you what we would do. Middle class, what you have to consider now is you have to learn how to work with cryptocurrency. Now, we have a course through ATS that can teach you that, you and your family. What is cryptocurrency? Don't just get out there buying stuff. Don't just download these apps and start transferring money from your bank account because everybody else is doing it. You need to understand what you're getting into before you get into it. You got to be empowered and educated. And then you can be inspired to do better for your family. So ATS definitely has a course available to help you do just that. Does anybody else have any uh, final thoughts on that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to mention real quick, you hit it right on the head, uh, Brother Stephen, about the education. Please get educated first. Get that education. Also, too, cryptocurrency has hundreds of different types of cryptocurrency. Ladies and gentlemen, we can send you that website if you'd like to check it out. But there's hundreds of different style. In addition to that, on the innovation side, I anticipate even all the millionaires and the billionaires, they're going to have their own crypto coin one day. And uh, for folks who got some money, they're going to have their own coin and, and move it through their fan base. So it's going to be exciting, guys. It's going to be exciting. They're going to mine their own coin. Isn't that what it's called? That's mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're going to yep. look. Maybe, maybe they get to the place where they take the cryptocurrency and you can use your crypto coins to pay off your student loans. What do you say about that, Saudi? What should they pay off? Should they pay the student loans off with the cryptocurrency? What they know, you don't want to pull your 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 gains out for your cryptocurrency because you know it's going to be taxed. So okay. you want to hold on to it. And then when you finally sell, purchase something else. So should okay. you pay off your student loan debt by refinancing your mortgage? Then? Well, that is an option. We have an article that talks about that. Okay. You know, we have an article tonight that talks about the, you know, what will happen if you pay, you know, use your mortgage to pay off your student loan. 
Um, is it something you want to do? Well, the problem with that, um, there's several issues with the student loan, but no, you do not want to refinance your home and pay off your student loan. Okay. Because paying off your student loan, yes, is tax deductible. Um, but two, what happens now you're leveraging your, your home, your asset, your equity that can, you know, sustain you in retirement that can help pay your bills and buy you food. When you sell your home, you've just made it go all the way up by using the money to pay off your school loan. I don't think that that's logical. I don't think that that's a good, um, there's not a good business sense in doing that. I would definitely, you know, ask everyone to talk to a, a banker that, you know, someone who has their best interest at heart, a CPA, to find out a better way to handle that. Because with the student loans right now, we haven't paid student loans in over a year because they deferred them. Um, and they're continuing now to defer them through, um, through the end of the year. So January 1, people need to be ready to start paying again for their student loans. But people who cannot, they can get a forbearance. They can get a deferment. So it's either based on your income or your family size, your ability to pay. You can negotiate um, um, what they call these lower payments over a period of time. They gradually rise. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do that long enough, Biden just might pass where you won't have to <laughs> pay 50000 of it. But that's a whole nother altar call. He's real skeptical on it right now. But, you know, there are other options available. OK. All right. Does anybody else have anything uh, on this story before we move on? Any other closing thoughts? I do have I do have a thought. The reason why. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's because people are really struggling. People are really struggling. And like you just said, Sadia, for the last year, they have told us that they were going to get rid of student loans. They've been telling you that they are going to make it a way that you don't have to pay for this debt. Now, all of a sudden, there's a remedy where, you know, you should put this. We're giving you more money now. Now you should go ahead and use what we're giving you to pay off something that really you ain't going to pay off anyway. And like you just said, if you wait long enough, they're going to pay it off anyway. That's our hope as Americans, right? And, and uh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Middle class, we need to stop that because if you're going to school to get your education, you went and got your education so that you know that you're not going to be dumb all your life. It didn't say that you were going to go get this job that you got the degree in, but it just said that you had enough smarts to do that you were going to do something for the rest of your life. So when now you have this debt, figure out what you're going to do with the debt. If you're going to be a student for the rest of your life, then you don't have to pay your debt. But then you have to become a student for the rest of your life. And when you die, your you estate will pay have to pay your bills. Listen, I, she, she's telling you from the CPA. I'm telling you from Philadelphia, and I'm telling right. you that if you call the people and you tell the people that you got a situation that you can't pay your bill, they're going to work it out. Don't you refinance something mm. so that they can get worked out somewhere else. I'm just telling you because you can refinance something that you got, and then you end up losing your house. And that was people, and that was wrong with the people now. 
Yes. The family yes. gets paid for the house, and then the kids want to refinance the house because they think they're going to pay their loan. Then the minute that they miss that payment, they done lost the house. Wow. Off of a yes. bill that you, right? No, don't be yes. refinancing your bill off of something that you know you ain't going to pay no way. You don't right refinance now. your house. You better okay. refinance your house because you need to. Not That's because good. you're giving the government some money that you don't really need to pay. You better go ahead and cut that out because, and you know what's good? You know what's good, Tati? I'm glad you're here because I don't want to tell nobody nothing wrong. But I'm going to tell you, be honest with yourself because you know you'd be struggling. Yes. See, I used to, I used to call people out there, out their place and tell them that they owe for their student loan debt. Yes. Now, the student loan debt is the only debt in the world that you really do have to pay. And yep. the reason why I say this is because they will go and take your money if they want your money. But right now in the world that we're living in, they ain't taking your money. So don't get stupid because they didn't give you an option and go run and do something dumb because you just want to be a part of doing something right now because the, the last thing you need to be worried about is paying off your student loan debt. All right. Now, y'all know how Adrian feels. If y'all watch the show... Any one of our episodes, you know, she how put she her hand up and went to let's God. Make sure, let's make sure that we don't set her off about that anymore. All right, Kevin, what's your next story? What do you got? Yeah, thank you so much, uh, everybody. I, can, I guess, real quickly, the uh, results are in, ladies and gentlemen. There are some states that you may not want to retire in. Uh, I tell you, you know, one thing I wanted to do, I didn't want to bash the state, okay, any of the 50 states or so. I wanted to really talk about how you plan well. So we're not here to bash the states. Please get that right. We're here to talk about good planning. If you want to move to any state because you have the right to move to any state you wanted to, ladies and gentlemen, so we just want to talk about that real quickly. But uh, every year, uh, multiple studies, and that's the problem, that multiple studies. We've got so many different people, right? You're going to get different opinions. Uh, from different areas. That's why I don't even want to talk about the negative side of it. Uh, so a lot of people do that on a regular basis. Obviously, they what they do, they look at the schools, right? They look at the terrain, they look at the weather, they look at the taxes, they look at the policing, uh, everything. Y'all know about that already. So what's important here is that we want you to plan well. That's the key I want you to get. If you're going to move to any state, do your homework. That's all I want to say about that, because there's so much out there. And of course, we'll be glad to send you the link for the details. But we want you just to plan well. If you're going to move, I'm in the state of Georgia. So if you want to move to the state of Georgia, do your homework. Find out uh, what's going on in the housing, right? What's going on in the rental side? Obviously, what's going on even in the politics? Hey, y'all better pay attention. Politics, right. right. So basically, we want you to have a strong strong checklist really before you move understand the uh the laws of, of of moving uh how about the homes that are selling homes that are not selling neighborhoods uh areas you want to talk about the homeowners association fees you know the sewage are they having problems this area now one that most people don't think about guys is this one check the police records for the area for the zip code i don't want to move my family and you'd be having an ambulance coming every five seconds in the neighborhood so you got to just know that. And, uh, you know, you want to know what's the police records in those areas. You want to know if there's any homicides, you know, things like that. Just basic information. But the goal here, guys, is just to do your pre-planning before you make that major, major move to any state. Now, if, if you hear ambulance every five seconds in your neighborhood, you better be living by a hospital. Because if you're not, you're going to be in one. Because that's ridiculous. All right, people. Now, let's ask the question. You guys... When y'all moved into new areas, did you actually check anything in the new area that you went to? Did anybody do that? Marquise, what do you got? I, I did. As a matter of fact, uh, 
you know, outside of weather, you know, the next thing you want to check is crime. I mean, and those are back and forth. What I'd like to add, though, is that you can download certain apps that will give you uh, an, an, an instant notification when there's something going on within a space around a certain neighborhood, like within a certain miles of a zip code or something to that effect. Every time something happens, you'll get an alert. So you can do that now wherever you are and to see what's happening around town. It's, it's amazing. My grandfather used to sit and listen to the police scanner. And I used to sit right there with them. And I'm like, wow, that's actually going on. And then you'll hear it in the, you know, the cop going by the house. You'll hear that stuff. So uh, if, if, you, if you want to do some recon on an area that you are looking to go into, download those apps. And, and I, I agree with Kevin. I mean, get in the know with everything. I mean, we have technology now. You, I can sit here and listen to something going on in China just well just about but that's live and we didn't have that when i was coming up now yeah. now it's it's at your fingertips so there's no excuse not to be knowledgeable about where you're going to go so so when you talk about moving you also got to look at you know when you have a real estate agent you're paying them, not just for the house but for the community so they have data to tell you everything from crime stats to um, you know, are there any child molesters in the area, any murders? They can pull everything from, you know, flood plains. And you have to make sure that they're, they're doing a comprehensive evaluation of not just the home, the land your home is bought on, but the area that you're in. That's their job. And most of them don't do that kind of job. Stephen, I, I give I can, you all that information. I can tell you when I was a real estate agent, that's what I wanted to do anyway. And and because I understood, you know, when you move into an area, you want to make sure that that is tight and right. And and if you're one of these folks who don't mind a little little gunfire in the background, I mean, that's going to be to your benefit as well. I mean, I'm look, I have a house right now to where uh, there are folks running up and down the street, uh, especially in the summertime. So somebody got chased around with with a gun. And uh, but the house just sold even, you know even though they understood the background of that neighborhood, but they go in there. When you buy a house, you go in there to make the neighborhood a better place anyway. Mm, you know, because right. you can be one of those people who are going to watch that neighborhood, who watch your neighbors. That's why we need homeowners in the first place. Yeah, y'all pray for Marquise. He's in Compton, Indianapolis. And uh, <laughs> you know how it is in Compton. So uh, <clears throat> watch out for the Bloods and the Crips. All right, so uh, we want to make sure I keep, we keep our neighborhood safe too. And we always are looking for good neighbors, but still, if you're going to move into a neighborhood, you want to know who your neighbors are. You want to you want to vet that neighborhood. You want to vet the schools. Are the schools quality schools? Because that's where your kids are going to go. You don't want your kids to be terrorized every day because you didn't do your homework to figure out what's the state of that school that they'll be going to. I mean, you got to think it's not just about you getting a job. I mean, that's so many families have been destroyed because the parents moved into a neighborhood for a job and the family got impacted by the community. So you got to watch out for that. You got to look into that. So. All right, so I see a lot of nodding heads. I'm glad I'm finally getting a good point out. Today's a good night. This is a good night. Kevin, what you got? Yeah, real quick, I wanted to mention one key area, folks. If you're moving to any part of the country or the world, if they're not selling Adrian's, Adrian's book, don't move there. <laughs> selling Adrian's book. That's right. Support the People's Congress going about her book today. All right, Yamatelli, talk to us. What's happening with Philip Mars? So they're developing a new strategy. 
And their strategy is to get 1 billion smokers to stop smoking. Now, that, yeah, that's, that's, and actually when I was reading the article, they were like, you read that right. 1 billion <laughs> smokers to quit smoking, which okay. is, I knew there had to be something good or a, a valid reason for why they would want to do that. And so there is. Um, their goal is for their consumers to switch to heated products. So pretty much almost similar to like a vaping system. So it's their product called the IQOS. It's an electronic device and it's listed by the FDA as a modified, modified risk tobacco product. But the interesting thing is, although they want their consumers to stop smoking, the product is still listed as not safe. So in so many words, it's still the same thing. It's just packaged differently. And they said it will alter the taste. Um, most people and most smokers enjoy um, that fragrance from the burning, but you'll just have to train your mind. This is what the CEO said. You'll just have to train your mind to adapt to this new program. So they've been working on it for decades uh, and they've just rolled it out and Hope to have good success. Okay, so so let me tell you the picture I got in my head. Let me tell because I'm a very visual person. I'm a creative mind. So imagine we all sitting around a campfire and smoke is coming off the wood. And I'm sitting there watching the smoke, just looking at it. So pretty. And I say, you know what? Let me go get this giant straw and just suck that smoke through my straw just to see if I get it in my body. Cause I want to feel nice and warm on the inside. Now, Philip Mars is known for making products that, that do that. First, it's cigarettes, then it's the e-cigs, and now it's this heat cig that's now going to be heating you up on the inside too. First, they first they send in smoke. Now they send in liquid. I mean, e-cig was liquid smoke, and now they're going to do heat. They're trying to cook us from the inside. That's what they're trying to do. And I'll explain. So it says. The IQOS heated tobacco system gets away from combustion by heating the tobacco in a very controlled manner to release an aerosol, which contains nicotine as well as some flavors. The idea is to create a product which smokers can switch to because the taste and the ritual and the satisfaction and trying to keep them as close to a cigarette. All right, so let me break that down for the middle class. What it said, let me, let me, let me, let me level it on out. Right. What they're saying is that we're going to slow cook you but it's going to taste great. That's what they're saying. Yep. All right. Enough joking. I don't really know anything about the product. Don't listen to me. Check it out for yourself. Do your research. Make sure you know what's up with Philip Mars. All right. Because you ain't you ain't suing me, Philip Mars. So you know, forget about that. Yeah, Kevin. Can I just speak up for the smokers? I'm sorry. Well, women, I'm going to let Kevin go first because I know how you I always get excited about quotes, guys, but they're just blowing smoke up your nose. Have, have <laughs> All right. I should have came to you, Adrian. I should have came to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? They blow smoke up something, and I don't think that's near news. Hey, we got kids but, watching the we got kids watching the people's congress. Let's keep it safe. But, what I was going to say, and this is real, is that we have a problem because nicotine is a drug, okay? Just like marijuana is a drug and everything else. Um, 
what what Morse is really trying to do right now is just trying to reinvent the cigarette. Because if you think about it, cigarettes are killing you. Cigarettes have been killing you. Right. The one ain't nobody going to jail either. Gonna, listen, and they're not going to go to jail, and all they're trying all they're trying to do is make it easier for the person to smoke. Let me explain yes. why. The person that smokes a cigarette can smoke a cigarette when they're outside. These things that they're going to cause them the heat thing gives them ability to smoke a cigarette inside. Now, if we were going to be realistic and say, oh, okay, I'm going to stop smoking, but I don't need to stop smoking because now I got a stick that's going to heat me from the inside that I could smoke it anywhere. But when I have my pack of cigarettes, I can go and light up my cigarette. It mm. seems really as if you're really smoking more cigarettes. You yeah. still have tobacco. You still talking about the nicotine. You're not dealing with that fact that I'm just having a habit and I have an oral fixation habit, but you're giving me the nicotine. So it's not like they are replacing a cigarette to make you stop smoking. Yeah. They're just making it easier for you to smoke and nobody else has to smell it. Okay, that's the truth. I would have I would agree with that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so this is the time to go out and buy stock in Philip Morris. All right. So let's move on to uh because they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And of course, the states are gonna let them. They've been doing it all along. So all right, so let's go ahead and uh, wait a minute, Telly. Did you have anything else on that before we move on? Yes, actually yes. two points. So one thing that I found interesting is that Philip Morris said that they hope that cigarettes will be out like become obsolete, that the government will um, hopefully atten put their attention more so on this electronic device. Um, and the CEO even said that converting the world smokers in, is an extremely positive, positive and lucrative business for us. And in 10 to 15 years, we think cigarettes can be out of the market entirely and people will quit or they will continue using nicotine or it'll be a non-combustible way. So this just seems to be a market pitch. I think they no. know that people are still going to continue to use cigarettes, but it's just all about the money. I guess this is just a ploy to really have people shine the light on Philip Morris, even though it seems like they're still making it's a setup. It's a setup. Actually, actually, actually now that I think about it, it's cigarettes down and pick up the marijuana. All right, so it's so okay. this is this is now that I look at it, right? I've had a second to take a take a look at it. This is actually a masterful approach to yes. phasing out of cigarettes. I mean, if you think about it from a business standpoint, if you have right. something that's known for killing people, yep. that and the Philip Morris knows was coming 10, 15 years down the road in terms of legislation, they may already know that they have to phase out of tobacco. Oh, and so now wow. they position themselves as the one who's providing the answer yes. because they're the ones that provided the problem, right? So now they're saying, we're we gonna do, we're hoping, imagine this, listen to what he says. We hope within 10 years that no one will be smoking cigarettes. Yes. I can guarantee you. Within five years, no one will be smoking cigarettes for Philip Morris. If they stop making cigarettes today, there won't even be no cigarettes to buy in five years. So don't don't give me that. You know, number one, that's we can tell that's all. But the other thing is, he's saying that they're going to start decreasing. It's kind of like what Saudi said about supply and demand. They're going to start decreasing their supply of cigarettes and increasing this new cigarette making it like like Adrian said, more available because people can use it indoor and all that. Just my concern, and just. Just a word of caution to the middle class. New technology is unproven. I'm a late adapter. 
I'll let everybody else go and try a thing. And when I know how it's going to work for them, that's when I finally might get it on the discount. I'm a little cheap too. But but the point is, when when the when the e series came out and it had all these different tastes that people were blowing smoke and big thick white clouds of smoke and they were doing competitions from blowing rings and I mean they, it was some beautiful stuff that they were doing in terms of of that and people were enjoying the taste of it and they weren't smoking cigarettes so I was like okay then I found out that there was it's uh, vapor water vapor that they were taking in and I started thinking when when was it when has it ever been okay to suck water down into your lungs. Then my concern became, this is a new technology. What are the long-term health ramifications of doing that? And now they see that, that that stuff is dangerous and it's caused a lot of problems. So my, my word of caution is that we don't know what this new form of heat is going to do for you internally. So just be careful. Don't, don't uh, just go out and do it. Just do your research and be, be, be careful. Because you know what? The middle class is the guinea pigs. I mean, we know it. We make it the biggest portion of the population. And we're the ones they market to because we're the ones that have the buying power. And we want you guys to be safe. We are the People's Congress. And um, again, we are a part of the ATS. We thank the ATS for giving us this opportunity to have this on the Mexican network. And uh, we're thankful for Antonio T. Smith Jr. for having the vision to help you get empowered and your family get empowered. So we're going to go to Marquise. Just because I want to. Marquise, what do you got? Well, before I get into what I want to get into, uh, somebody referenced blowing smoke up into the nether region. Did you all know that that was an actual practice to do that? All right, so I'm about to take Marquise off the show. Just saying. Has, well, just one second, let me take him back into the studio. Just saying. That's knowledge we don't need to use. It's not helpful or empowering. Actually, actually, no, no, because because that's where the phrase came from. That's where the term could, came from. I know so, that for a fact. People need to know where it came from. That's you know. Thank you but, for sharing. No, no, but but I say that because it was an actual practice. Now it's not an actual practice. Just like smoking was an actual practice that was recommended by doctors. Now it is not. Okay. Thank you for sharing that tidbit of information. There you would go. you like to move on to your story? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, in in reference to. Uh, this article in reference to more than 100 uh, U.S. companies, including Apple, um, are are declared or have declared their opposition to the voting uh, curbs that a number of states are considering implementing. Now, I read I read this article, and the long story short of it is that all of these companies, I guess, put in their being upset about the the voting uh, the voting laws that, that were passed, so I decided to go and look because I didn't know. And so what I found out was is that a lot of this the problem was is that uh, Republican state held states they changed the laws apparently to make it more difficult for minorities to go vote. And when I was looking, some of the states actually stood out to me: Texas, Arizona. To me, when when I when I saw that, I'm like, they have nothing but Latinos and stuff. So how how was that even 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 right? And so it 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 seemed to me that it was uh, just a load of crap. That's what I thought it was, until I read a little deeper in it, because I'm going to tell you what happened here in Indianapolis. 
here in Indianapolis, and this is um, actually by the Indy Star, um, back during the election, it was brought forward that the early voting places that we had in the city of Indianapolis, where the majority of people reside, we had less places to go to vote than outside of the city in the counties. So in the Democrats, the, on one side, the, the city is a Democrat city. Everywhere else is Republican. But you can go outside of the county and hit your voting poll wherever you want to go. No problem. But inside, you didn't have that many places to go. And it changed, it changed my outlook because initially when I first read this article, I'm like, ah, whatever. But it's valid. It's absolutely valid. And I remember that because I, I did a show on it um, about that being an issue. So I, because I didn't see a problem with having an ID to go vote. Me personally, I don't have a problem with that. You should go. Um, the other thing, too, is people were having a hard time getting into the poll. I'm like, wait a minute. You knew this election was coming for four years. Why is it such a hard thing to 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 get to the to the to the polls? It shouldn't be an issue because you it ain't like you didn't know it was coming. But part of the problem was they had it on one day. Everybody took the days off. Y'all remember that? They took the day off from work. Some people can't afford to take the day off. So now they changed the rule to where it's all week long. And so now, here, especially here in Indianapolis. <laughs> In the hub area where all of the voters are, they make it hard for you to vote just by the lack of places where you can go vote. So I understand the whole scenario now about, you know, why this is such a a trying issue. I don't like some of it, but I but I understand. All right. So, so, so we know in the middle class that there's a lot of parts of the system that are broken. Um, and this is just one of those areas that that's been broken for a long time. And it definitely needs to be fixed. Uh, Sadi, you had something? I was just going to say, so Marquis, so they're basically um, in support of improving instead of limiting the voting. So they're showing their support for open, available voting um, stations and not restricting voter access. That's correct. Right. Powerful. So they're trying to improve it in yes. all states? My, I was a little shocked that you said Texas as one of those states for suppression. Um, yeah, the, the article specifically said they were specifically targeting black and other racial minorities in Texas and Arizona. That, to me, doesn't even sound right. They needed to do it. And the reason why they needed to do it is because the majority numbers have changed. And what happened was the majority numbers was changing. So where they thought that the... Donald Trump was going to really get that vote. They had to then say, okay, well, wait a minute, because I think it was the Mexican, Mexican, the Mexican numbers, I think when it comes down to percentage, it was Mexicans were more than the African-American vote. Because in the very beginning of this thing, they were trying to get, how do we go and get the black and brown vote? How do we get the black and browns involved in the election? Like, because if you watch the way that they were standing on the campaign when it was all the people, the black and brown people weren't even involved. That was what they were talking about. How are we going to get the black and brown people involved in this election? 
How okay. are we going to get it? So they were been trying to, and then when they start to get involved, that's when they said, okay, well now we got to make it hard because now they can just show up and they can vote. And then this will be a landslide. Of vote. Right. So the way that they started to do it was they were, they, they, you know how you try to stack the deck so that you can just try to make sure that it's uncomfortable to listen. If you, if you really try to, if you try to win something, you know, and this is, and I mean this, if you try to win something, you're going to have to try to win it. Right. If you don't try to win it all the way, right. the question really is, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, you know, I was wondering what Jerome thought about it, too. Because he's staring like he has something to say. Oh, I do, but I, I'm, 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 very, I'm very courteous. All right, well, go ahead. You got it. And then we're going to go to Tanya. We're going to go to Jerome and then Tanya. What I thought was very interesting in our last election was there were five primary cities that were all of most of the lawsuits were filed in reference to the fraudulent election where votes were being stolen and it wasn't counted properly. Come to find out that those five major cities were minority cities, which was so unfortunate. And the sad part was, was that in all in nearly every case, there was no fraudulent fraud found. There was no problems with it, but yet that there was fraud going. There was fraud going on, and the and the laws that are coming out now throughout the U.S. are perpetrated on supposedly the last election being a fraud, which is so unfortunate and so sad. And you know, it's it's, it's unfortunate because it goes back to um, our democracy and our constitution. Because the right to vote belongs to everybody. It's not just for blacks. It's not just for whites. It's for everybody. And when we take away that basic right to vote, then we take away people's constitutional rights. And we in the middle class, if we don't stand up and say anything, then we let it go on. I think the sad thing about America is, first of all, we have, sad, we have very short memories. And from two years to four years, we forget about the way we've been treated. And we have these wonderful politicians that tell us they're going to take care of the system and protect us. And we vote them in the office. And then when they get in the office, they tell us what's best for us. And we go, okay. And we keep doing that, whether it's the red team or the blue team. And we don't stand up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about us? What about us? What about us? And we keep letting them do that. If you keep letting them do that, folks, we deserve exactly what we get. That's what I love about Mexico. That's what I love about ATS, because we know that we've got folks out there in positions of power who are using that power for themselves and say that they're looking out for us. But when you read the fine print, like he said, you find out there's more to the story than what's on the surface. So you got to do your homework. I love the way Kevin and Sadie were saying about being educated. We've got to get educated so we can be informed consumers. We can be informed constituents and we can make a difference, and we can change the middle class, and we can be successful. That's all I got to say. I'm going to get Marquise the final word on this. Go ahead, Marquise. What, brother, you, you, you spoke it all, but I want to add a little, a little mix to that. In reference to the IDs, over the last 10 years, from my memory, we've had an influx of ID drivers' IDs 
driver ID laws change. And here in the state of Indiana, we've had a lot of people, it, it, illegals, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's politically correct or not, I don't know, but we've, we've had a lot of illegals get driver's licenses. Yeah. And, and, and for me, that's completely wrong because now they have access to go vote, which they shouldn't be voting because they're not legal citizens. But now we have people in government who's actually allowing the legalization of these people getting driver's license. Now, people have gone to jail in the DMV because once it all came out, people went to jail. But yet it's still happening with the blessing of government. And so and so and then you have to figure out and, and then you have to figure out, well, what's the political driver? You know, when does it happen and who are they targeting? And then you have to say what political party is motivated to do it. And you could say both of them, you know, whatever flavor of the week is, that's who they're doing it. So at the end of the day, we the people suffer for the for the dramatic nonsense of the government and we get caught in the middle of it. And it's and it's that mess has to stop. Well, I think Jerome was right. Jerome yes. said it. He nailed it. You know, if we have all the power and all the voting power and all the things, the officials we elect, whether they are Democrat or Republican, we get what we get when we put them in office. And when they switch up on in office to do what they want to do, we got that, too. But this keeps happening over and over. It doesn't matter who the president is. Obama, Trump, Bush, Biden, all of them. My question to the Congress is how can we change it? If, from, for example, if your platform, if this is what your platform was when you were running, you should be held legally accountable to do exactly what you told your constituents you were going to do. And if you get in office and you switch up on them, there should be repercussions. There should be, it just means you lied to the people just to get in office. And once you got in office, you did what you wanted to do. Right. But there seems to be no recourse. It's like and I, I stay out of politics. You know why? Because they're a bunch of liars. So I've learned that even from when I was a little boy. Like they they'll tell you what they want to get in office. And once you get in there and they change it. And all you hear around you is adults complaining about. I can't believe I voted for him. I can't believe they're doing this in the Congress now. I can't believe that senator lied. Yeah, they, that's what they're doing. Now, there are honest ones. But you know what? There's no one senator or one congressman can make anything happen. And the president has to be accountable for lying to the people just to get in office. I'm telling you, it, I, I haven't even seen a time where they said, well, you, you you ran on this platform, but you changed your mind. Why did you do that? Speak to your people. No, they just roll with the punches. It's almost like it's expected. Now, as, as Americans, I love America. You know what? I, I've been out of the country. All right. So my, I, I've seen other countries. So it's not like we have it really that bad here. Because in other countries, they can just come get you and kill you. I mean, you just, you know, so we have some semblance of law here, but there really needs to be more cohesion between the states, more protection for the people. And the people should be able to vote in people they can trust. I mean, what's going on with that? Do you think this system will ever get fixed? Well, what yeah, are when we start to pay attention. When people start to really care. Mm-hmm. People really don't care. Mm-hmm. We, we care. But the majority of uh, the majority of people don't care. But they and don't care because they think their voices aren't heard. They and think that. Not, yeah, you are. Why? It's not going to change anything. But that's the thing. We got to step up. See, that's that's the thing. We, we have to step up. 
But how do you, Kevin, how do you step up though? I mean, we say that. Yeah. But what, how do you step up? Let me give you a couple of ideas, guys. First of all, and everybody knows this, you gotta be involved. Okay, you gotta be involved. Second of all, first of all, actually, you gotta be educated on what the system, how the system works. That's the first thing. Understand how the system works. Secondly, get involved. And guess what? I'm tired of folks complaining about stuff when they ain't even called the congressman or the senator or the right. about the issue. Did you call them? Did you write them? No. Did I email them? No. What did are you talking about? So did you vote? Yes. Did you vote? The, the solution is be involved. You have the power, ladies and gentlemen. ATS has the power. Mexic Exit has the power. But guess what? It's called work, ladies and gentlemen. You have to work it. But, you know, Kevin, I think there's a, a whole group of people that say, well, you know what? I'm not going to vote. I don't care what's going on because God has determined a predetermined course. It's going to be what it's going to be. This or this doesn't affect me at all. I'm just going to go about my life because I'm this small piece of a huge, you know, world. I can't change it anyway. You know, and but I think that we're all parts of the body. Mm -hmm. And so if we can continue to educate, get the millennials to vote. Right. This year, you know, we took our millennials with us to go vote mm -hmm. and took pictures and put it out. You yeah. know, get your millennials out to vote because the millennials now, they're very aware of social issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a return to what used to be in the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we have a chance of getting people to start caring, to go out and vote, to get together for grassroots causes. If you see them out for Blue Lives Matter, they're out for Black Lives Matter, you know, then yes, they will support other issues. We just have to find the, the way to get them involved. Absolutely, and I think, uh, Saudi, you mentioned two things uh, that I was thinking about real quick is impact. How is that gonna impact me? I need to understand that. Now, if you don't care about that after that, that's okay. <laughs> now, if you don't care if your house is getting ready to get taken from you because you didn't get involved, that's okay. But I'm just saying impact. And of course, the next part of that, you've got to be involved, ladies and gentlemen. That's the key. We want you to understand the why. And so the two areas is why and the impact. Now, if you don't want to do nothing about it after that, that's on you. But we want you educated, ladies and gentlemen, on how to respond properly. You don't respond in a negative way. You respond with information and power. That's what we All do. Right. So, so this is the assignment for the middle class right now. This is your assignment. Find out who your local representatives are. First step. Who is your mayor, governor? Who is your congressman, your senator? Find out their names. Second part of your assignment, get their phone numbers. Do some research. Go online. You can Google it. You can Google it. Find out their email addresses. And the third thing is to put together a comprehensive explanation of how you feel about what they're doing. So now comprehensive, you can you break that down for us? Yeah, comp means do, prehensive means do it fast. Comprehensive. It. So uh, a complete, well thought out plan for what you think they should do, what they did wrong. Let them know how you feel. And if you right. voted for them and you're not in agreement, let them know you voted for them and you're not in agreement with what they're doing. Because one thing they don't want to do is mess up their face. So the people right. who supported them to get them in the office. But get in, get involved. That's what the get involved part means. It's not sitting in your house and just complain. It's know that you've been given power to communicate to your elected officials, to let them know how you feel and the things that you want to change. Because the only way things are going to change is if you speak to that change and you let them know that you're ready for them to make a better decision 
if they should get elected next time. Right. Now, speaking of senators, let's talk about Senator Warren. Senator Warren, Sadia, what is he talking about that's fundamentally wrong? Well, one thing um, I wanted to say is I thought it was time for a Mexit poll, since this was such an important topic we're talking about, to say, do you think the middle class has changed their view on voting after going through the um, COVID shutdown as, and, and disagreeing with some of their senators' choices, as well as receiving the stimulus and how it has benefited us as middle class? Do you? How many of us think it might have changed some of you know, our middle class friends um, and people's opinion. Well, you know, do we think it made a, a change? It, change? Change it in what way? Positively. Do you oh, think so they were involved? A, okay. After what we've they, gone through. They think they should get out and get involved now. I right. Think, yeah, I think they should get out and get involved. So that's half of the that's half of the uh, the team. And and you know, there's there's a thought that. And this is just a thought that's out there that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for because these things, people have voted for years and stood their ground for years and they're still not benefiting from. It. You know, it's kind of like sometimes when you give to an organization year after year after year that's supposed to help you. And when you finally need their help, all of a sudden they have no money to give you. Sorry, we don't have it right now. And you're like, but I've been giving faithfully for 10, 15, 20 years. My family been given for generations. Now that I need help, there's nothing here for me. So you're believing in a system that's supposed to be there directly to help you, but you're not being helped. And I think that's where the disconnect is occurring in government. And again, that's what we're talking about here. When it comes to the ATS, when it comes to Mexico, we can't depend on the government for everything. You just can't. You yeah. just can't. Why? Because if you expect anything different than you've always gotten, then that's insanity. Because that's not how that works. We have to get involved. We have to try to create change locally within our own areas. Matter of fact, why yes. don't you run? If you're a middle class and you got a strong voice and you have a following, why don't you run for a local office? You know, you can run for city council. You can run for mayor. You can even run for governor. You can do it yourself. So maybe if we get some people in there that actually cares about the middle class that won't flip flop when they get funding from big tech companies or big big conglomerates then maybe you can make some sound decisions for your area and we can start there. But we definitely have to make a change now. This is the season to do it. This is the time because we don't want another 10, 15, 20 years of what we're getting right now. So let's go ahead to the story about something more inside of you. Don't mind. What's happening with him in fundamental? Uh, what's fundamental? Her. Her. What's happening? Um, so can oh, you okay. Yeah, you're right. Her. Sorry. Okay. So, um, Senator Warren believes that, you know, when people file for bankruptcy, they can get free of car debt, you know, the the value over their homes, you know, credit card debt. There are lots, you know, bills, little things following you behind. They can negotiate when you file for bankruptcy on how you can keep your house and your car. The one thing you can't get rid of is student loan debt. Mm. OK, so you can still have one hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt and you can't get rid of it. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. And so she feels like the system is broken, that, you know, if people can't pay for their homes and their cars, how can they still continue to pay for student loans? And so for those 
what they're doing is causing people who might have otherwise, they're causing people who might have, you know, been able to afford to pay for their bills to, to file for bankruptcy. So they're forcing them into bankruptcy in some cases um, because they have to pay for their student loans. And so they're putting forth um, to the House Judiciary Committee, they're putting forth along with Warren um, saying, hey, what about consumer bankruptcy reform? You know, they're created an act of 2020, which says we had chapter seven, we had chapter 13. What if we combine them both the one was for business, one, you know, was personal. Um, what if we combine them both into chapter 10? Now, if you combine them, that'd be chapter 20, wouldn't it? You I would say right. make them 20. That would make them 20. Yes. Um, why don't we combine those two into one system, chapter 10, and include broader eligibility? So increase how you can qualify for getting rid of or discharging student loans in the bankruptcy process. So Man, I really, go ahead. I really like that because when you think about it, you could go, there are people who went to medical school and it happened to this grandmother in Nebraska, um, went to medical school, graduated, all this medical debt that they thought they would be able to pay off with their job and they were unable to get a job in their field okay. to pay off that debt. And so now we had, you know, in the, um, you know, 2018, 19, 20, in 20s, where people were graduating and there were no jobs they could get in their fields. They became salespersons instead. They became nannies. They became all these other, they had to take on all these other roles. They're driving Ubers. They're doing all these things now because there are no jobs in the field that they chose to go to school for and then some of them just don't have experience and if you don't have experience how are you going to get that job right. so one of the things that she's saying is you know in some extreme cases you know people may owe two hundred thousand dollars and they go to file bankruptcy and they still have to pay that that's medical school you know oh okay and, i was wondering about and, that okay. and so they're saying what if we increase and broaden the forgiveness of the existing student loan debt um, since bankruptcy doesn't, you know, is not taking care of it. So now um, the leader, Chuck Schumer and Warren, are talking with the president, um, who is reluctant, but saying, hey, what if you canceled up to 50000 in federally held student debt, right? What, what would that happen? So now he's charged um, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain um, charged, uh, said that the president requested the education secretary to prepare a memo on the president's legal authority before any decision. He's asked also that they put together, um, you know, this council to see what will happen. So I kind of mentioned this last night. Um, but the, the, the crux of the matter is the Democrats ran all of them on campaigns of some way of forgiving student loan, whether all, a little, 10,000. At this point, people are like, well, can you forgive anything? 5,000, 10,000, it doesn't matter. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just a topic that's not going away. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, guys, I, I don't, I don't want to change the subject here, but I want to understand why is education going up? 
in the first place. I don't understand why it's where it's at in the first place. They didn't change nothing in the system. As far as the quality of education, the same professors are there. Some come in new. They're not teaching anything different. That's uh, way out, you know, out in space somewhere. And, you know, brand new technologies that comes in. But I'm talking about why is education so expensive in the first? Place? I think it's a form of. I so can, I can explain to you. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I want to finish that. You think it's a form of what, Kevin? I think it's a way of sorting out the population. In my opinion. Sorting okay. Out the population. All right. So. Um, I have never been to college a day in my life, and, and I'm proud to say that. Um, and um, I, so I don't have that debt. There are those who went to college and got scholarships. Thank God for that. They didn't have to pay for it. And that's a beautiful thing because they're super intelligent people. That's a beautiful thing. But those, for those who have gone through college and have tremendous debt and the weight of that on their families, I feel really bad for them because a lot of those people that I talk to can't even get jobs in the field for the debt that they have. So to hear you say, Sadia, that, you know, they're working on a program that's going to try to forgive that debt or some of that debt. That's a good thing. That's a great thing for the middle class. And I sincerely hope they keep their promises and don't stretch that thing out to four years from now. And, and the people aren't getting any kind of relief. That's something that we know they can do. I mean, it's just a flip of the switch. They can do it really quick. You know, they can come up with a trillion dollars on a weekly basis to give to people. They can certainly cancel out student debt. And lift the weight off the matter of fact, the middle class needs some good news round about now. That would be awesome news for the middle class and for all those students who are struggling just to find a place to live, to have food and get a job that they can work and not be just broke down every day. So anyway, that's a great report. And I hope we have more to say on that report. Does anybody have anything they want to share uh, uh, on that story? Yes, I do. I always all have right. to say on student loan. A debt considering I do have student loan debt. I think there's a number of things that are frustrating about it. Um, I think for anyone who's been paying attention, uh, specifically even with, through the pandemic and going through and looking at some of the stimulus packages and the money and the resources that are going to other countries and that are going to different programs, but you can't but you have not instituted some type of student loan forgiveness, it makes absolutely no sense. Charity starts at where? At home. Come and on. the fact right. that student loan, student loan forgiveness, reconciliation, reformation, whatever you want to call it, is still a topic that is, is looming. Um, it, it's, it's rather appalling. And I, I do agree um, with Senator Warren, which is good because I've, I've been following her for a little while and she has some very interesting ideas, but I will agree with her and the other leaders who feel that student loan reconciliation is needed because for so many graduates, you obtain a degree, but you still feel that you don't even have that big of a leverage over someone else. There are plenty of people who are getting positions without a degree. And so when you do, in my case, as I've mentioned on uh, previous shows, that I've obtained a degree, but at that point, the standard changes. So I get a bachelor's, now you're acquiring a master's, now you're acquiring a doctorate. I mean, and at that point, loan after loan, because of some of these companies, which I'm calling them out, you don't wanna offer any tuition reimbursement, so I have to come out of my pocket. And I was one that qualified for a lot of scholarships, but then I arrived to the college and they're like, oh, well, this is this fee, and there's this fee, and there's this fee. I'm like, you don't put any of these 
on that packet that you send me. Oh, you qualify for all of these, you know, scholarships, outstanding work. I mean, so it's just easy. At that point, what do you do if you don't prepare for that type of financial undertaking? You just sign your name. You know, okay, I'll deal with the loans right after. But this is something that needs to be taken care of right away because student loan debt, especially for those who have their doctors, I mean, anyone. I was reading uh, an article where a, a student or a graduate, she went to a private university and came out owing $220,000 just for an undergraduate degree. Now, once I read that, I said to myself, well, your situation ain't that bad. But $220,000 for student loan for, I mean, she said she had a great experience and I hope so. It better be the experience of your life for $220,000. So I said- All right, so let's take a poll. Let's take a poll. How many of the Congress still has student loan debt that they need to pay off? Show of hands. That's half of the Congress. Yep, that's about right, 50%. All right, so you guys know exactly how that feels. And look, we wanna tell you guys, look, middle class, we represent you. And you can see right here, we got people on both sides of that, right? There are people who are struggling to pay their normal bills. Then you have this kind of bill on top of that. And it just makes you kind of feel stressed out. So. This is the question. What's the remedy? I mean, what what can be done to help the middle class with this issue? You know, you know what I, I would I would add. As far as right now, I, I will leave that to somebody else. But I will say to your children to get them set up to not have to go through what we're going through. You, you have to set them up to be very smart, to be very educated. What we're doing right here is you need to come on in, entry level stuff, make the most of it, bring your family, bring your kids because uh, poverty is real. And uh, just in my experience, a lot of times, well, you know, people will get out of high school, um, have kids, and, you know, you, you can't recover from having children. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've I've heard you know children over uh, eighteen year span is upwards of six hundred thousand dollars per child. Yeah, I mean I can attest to that because my child right now has like several dents in his wall that I have to repair. Oh, that know? he would have to repair once I gave him the tools. And I oh, don't, oh, don't get me wrong, it's going down. Okay, okay, but but you know when when you're talking about uh, money. It's best to educate yourself so then you can educate the people that are coming after you. I yeah. think that so so we won't repeat the sins of the past. Right. Yeah, that's good. And there's ways that your family can prepare for uh, your children to go to college. You want to start when they're really small to start putting some plans in place to put money aside. There's different financial ways for you to do that, brother. And we're not going to get into that because you need to seek financial uh, assistance from a CPA or somebody that handles that kind of thing. Uh, but you just want to ask the questions and get prepared for it so that if they want to go to college, that money is available to help them and it won't be a burden on you, you know, in your future. But we want to make sure that at least you're making an informed decision, decision, Tanya. Um, well, I was just, you know, sitting here and listening to everyone. And I just remember when I was in school, we had like trade programs like automotive, you know, um, doing hair. And then I noticed those programs kind of left was taken out of the schools, um, like um, HVAC, you know, doing air condition and those type of things. And when I went back to visit, I noticed that those classes were removed um, from 
the educational system. So teaching our kids young about having to own their own business, and you could do that through ATS. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, teaching your kids young at an early age, you know, how to be entrepreneurs and how to be, you know, business owners at a young age. So, you know, they can have their own employees instead of being the employee, the yeah. CEO um, at an early age and learning a trade early. And that's good. No, you're right. And I think that's something that it's your responsibility as a parent. And you know what? To be honest with you, it's our responsibility as the community to make sure that if there's kids in our community or in our family, whether they're your kids or not, you need to be speaking into that. And I'm going to tell you something that happened to me. So I was in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was the general sales manager for the Life 103.9. It's a gospel radio station. And uh, Jill and I, we had uh, recently moved there. We had two small kids. And one of our uh, one of the employees that work, works with us, her name is Zena, beautiful, special lady, very intelligent. She had come by and she stopped by to see Jill and I and the kids. Well, when she came in, she saw the kids playing on uh, video games and watching Disney movies on TV. And she looked around. I was like, what, what's going on? She says, do you have any books? And I was like, what? She said, do they have library cards? And I was like, no. And she educated me. She said, you need to get them library cards so they can start reading. And she was like, this is all this electronic stuff is not good. And, you know, we went out and got library cards and it has helped, especially one of our children. I'm not going to talk about the other one. But what, at least it happened with one of our children. Um, but the point is, we are responsible for each other. And we have to take time to educate each other on what we don't know. And if you see somebody slipping or somebody tripping, tell them. Because you know what? If you let them fall, when they fall, they might hurt you. So let's make sure that we're looking out for each other and, uh, and, we're, and we're educating each other. All right. So, Jerome, you got something? I do, sir. Um, this problem with student loan debt. Um, it needs to be it needs to be fixed by the government because the government broke it. And I can testify to that because in 1974, I graduated from high school. Whoa. In 1975, I went to Morgan State University for one year. The first semester, they gave me $1,200. The second semester, they gave me $800. It cost me a total of $1,200 for the whole year. The rest of the money I put in my pocket and had a good time with, and 1,200 of that was student loans. By the time I graduated, finished with school and went into the military, I owed them $800 in student loans. I didn't pay that money off, but they came back later and asked me for it, and I politely gave it to them. But, but it only cost me two grand total for that whole year to go to Morgan, only to realize I wasn't ready for academia. So I went into the military. Fast forward, 1996, I get out of the Army. I go back to college to get my bachelor's degree. The Army pays for everything, didn't cost me a dime. They gave me a stipend to go, but I had $30,000 in credit card debt, right? I was also qualified for student loans. Guess what I did, Sadia? I took all that student loan money paid off my 17% interest credit card debt and ended up with 2% interest on my student loan. Today, I'm still paying off that student loan debt 
at 2% interest and it's tax deductible. That 17% wasn't. Well, how come it cost so much money to go to school? Because back then it didn't. And even the interest rate on loans was cheap, but not today. They gave those to people. They shot those interest rates up. People can't afford them. The government broke this. The government needs to fix this. Come and on. I still pay my student loan debt, $45 a month at 2% interest, and I write off of my taxes at the end of each year. Hello, wow. Everybody. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. Well, Adrian, you got Adrian. All right, let's get Adrian unmuted, people. Get ready. Hold on. Does everybody hold on? All right. All right. Yeah, We're ready, we ready for you, Adrian. Go ahead. Did you say $45 a month? That's what he said. $45. You're paying your student loan $45 a month. I owe about $2,000 more, about $2, more dollars. When did, you say, when did you say you graduated? In 71? I, I, I graduated in 74. Went back and got my degree in 2002. Oh, so you're talking about the debt in 2002. This is the debt you're talking about that you still yeah. paying. Thirty grand, $3,000 back in 2002, and I owe them about $2,000 now. Okay. And you know so that was just two stimulus before. checks for you, right? So like I said before, y'all, whatever you do, I'm not paying it off. Don't I know that. find me a house to try to figure out how to pay something. Oh, no, we already addressed that. Me. He's not doing, nobody is doing that. Nobody. I'm, I'm just letting y'all know. Like that, no. the whole thing, I just sat there. I just wanted you to talk. I, 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 was, I was hoping and praying. That by the end of it, it would be done. It'd be over. Y'all would have graduated from college. Y'all would have gotten together, gotten your jobs and everything, and just went on about your businesses. Because I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God. Shout out to Senator Warren. Senator Warren has been the voice in government that's speaking up about the things that people don't speak up about. I don't know who. He is or where he came from, but I appreciate the people that voted her into where she's at. This woman is changing the narrative of everybody's conversation mm -hmm. just by offering the suggestions that she's offering. It's almost kind of like, I just like the fact that she goes, this is what you call thinking outside of the box. We already have A, B, and C. This is what we need to do, A, B, and C. This lady comes up with D, E, and F and tells you that G is the best. <laughs> That's wow. a politician that you really need, though. I, I was just listening to the story because I'm thinking, that this whole story is just something so that we can keep talking, so that we can feel like somebody cares, so that we can feel like they're really doing something for us. And even in the story, it sounds so good. I was thinking, that. I might even want to go to school, but you do know that the man, that, you know, the man that made college, he didn't even go. The man that thought of the university, he didn't even go. That sounds just like Stephen. That's a Stephen model right there. And this is why Stephen is in charge of the People's Congress. Come on, this is why Stephen is helping us getting in our Peter Mexit. And Come this on. is why we need more people like a Stephen and the Antonio T. Smith Jr. and the people out there that know, guess what? 
Bro, you ain't got to go to school to get what we're trying to give you. We can take you and we can do it for you. And not only will we do it, we're going to show you how to set it up so that your kids will be good. Yeah, this yeah. is what we need. All of this, I'm helping you today and you're 30 and we're going to help you and this, that, and the other thing. <sighs> help me like help my four-year-old. Yes, help right. me help my four-year-old. Put on, my yeah. four-year-old in the same class with me, and then because I'm struggling, but my four-year-old is gonna get. Mm. All I can say is everybody that got a student loan debt. If you have to pay it, pay it. If you can call somebody, call somebody. The one thing you should never do is ignore it. That's the problem. We as middle class, we fall into the trick because we ignore something. There's something that says on that promissory note that you will make a voluntary payment. And out of, if you didn't hear anything else that I said all day, remember, there's a difference between voluntary and involuntary. Because if you owe money and then they take your student loan, that is not a voluntary payment because you did not get it. So don't believe, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to have this struggle and they're going to keep taking my income taxes and this, that, and the other thing, and it's helping me. No, because until you make voluntary payments on things, the government has every right to do everything that they want to do to you. All so right. what I say is send them a dollar. Look, send them a dollar. Get associated with the ATS so you don't have to go to college. Because ATS actually, I, oh. we ain't going to drop it. We ain't going to drop but I will say, watch what you're doing. And right now, anyone that's telling you that you got to pay a whole lot of money to get this information, or you got to pay a whole lot of money for us to help you, or you got to pay a whole lot of money for us to be considered an American or whatever, please walk away from them. They just trying to keep you in the middle class. They trying to keep you in the mindset that know that I need them. I can't go too far off left because they might not give me my next check. Well, what up? Um, all this, all, right, all, this all this financial stuff they're doing for us is like, uh, it's, right. it's actually modern day slavery as far as I'm concerned. Because I just listen to all y'all talk and I'm sitting there thinking. All right. So this is what we're going to do. I'm glad the mute button works. <laughs> All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do final thoughts, not final stories, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up for the night. Let's start off with Tanya. Final thoughts on anything. Um, I just liked all the stories that, you know, we talked about tonight. Um, mainly this one and then the uh, the one about the one that Taylor did, oh, I think it's this one, um, just about the school and the, the debt and Adrian and her comments, um, send them a dollar. <laughs> yeah. All right. So All right, I just, you know, you know, I'm just thankful for, you know, the, the talks back and forth about the different topics on tonight. Okay. All right. Telly. Send them a dollar. Well, it would definitely have to be this story. Uh, student loan in one reformation is eminent. It is something that has been talked about for so long, but it's something that now needs to be enacted. There are so many people um, that are struggling because of student loans, and especially with the pandemic. Um, we actually need assistance. Like We need the government to actually work for a change. So fix student loans. All right. All right. You heard it from the queen herself. All right, Marquise. 
I'll pass. I'm about to say, brother, you scared me. You just scared me, boy. You never know what Marquise is going to say. All right, let's go. No, I ain't letting you off that easy. What's, what's your final thoughts? You know what? We are very smart people. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter who you are. You're very smart. And I want to be able to sit here and look at you in the face and encourage you that you are wonderful, you are intelligent, and you cannot allow anybody to tell you otherwise. So take what you can learn, make the best of it, make the most of it, keep on learning. And um, that's all I got. All Much right. love. I decided to pull you up full screen for that one. All right, Roman Rome, what you got? Um, my final words are to Kevin and Sadia, you guys were phenomenal tonight. And folks, those out there in the middle class, those out there who are struggling, listen to those guys. Because if you listen to them tonight, and, it, and they've said it before, you got to be educated. You got to make sure you do your due diligence, do your homework. The solution you seek, the answers you're looking for, they start within you. But there's a lot of information out there that you can get yourself attached to and find and help you get where you need to go. And all we are is nothing more than a platform or a tool to help you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Sadia. You guys killed it tonight. All right, Kevin, you are up. Ladies and gentlemen, your future is so bright. I had to put my shades on for you. You got to understand you got You got options. You got opportunity. And guess what? The playing field is unlimited, ladies and gentlemen. My pastor real quickly said, you don't have to think outside the box. You got to know that the box, there is no box. That means you can do anything you want to do. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to have a plan. You got to have options. You got to sit down and look at all the impacts, what you have to do. We can do that with the Mexit and the ATS system, ladies and gentlemen. We give you strategies, we give you information, and we give you knowledge. There's nothing you can't do. Welcome to your future, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and we go to the money lady herself. Sadia. You know, I've um, really enjoyed our conversations that we have that not only include our diverse views on money, on debt, on investments, because all of this is educating us as the middle class. You know, everything we're doing is about informing, hopefully improving our lives. You know, ATS is the way, thank you, Adrian, um, that we can do that. So, you know, I, for one, plan on signing up for that crypto class because I definitely want to learn more about cryptocurrency. Um, and I just encourage everyone, there are free ways that we can get information through the internet. There, you know, on Facebook, there is a group for about everything. Meetup.com, there is a group literally for everything. So if you there's something you want to learn, find a way to learn it and apply it in your life. All right. All right. And we definitely want you to go to one place that has what you need, and that is ATS. All right. So we're going to give uh, Adrian unmute you right here. There you go. All right, Adrian, hold a second. Let me pull you up full screen. All right. You have the floor. Did you mute yourself? She's muted. Unmute. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. See, this, this, this is what happens. It says, can't unmute your guests because they chose to mute themselves. Come on. That's horrible. Okay, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> we just tried to play that because it was at the end. I didn't have anything to say, but thank you. 
all I wanted to say was thank you, thank you, thank you. And the reason why I say thank you is because there is some, there is a lot of information that we go through sitting in this Congress. I appreciate you for your knowledge, especially like Jerome just said, Kevin, Sadia, I mean, like, girl, we gonna have to talk because you can help me. You can help me because I know that I'm sitting at the platform because I appreciate the fact that I get the ability to sit at the platform where you can actually learn something. Because trust me, people, I'm serious. I'm serious to tell about some of this stuff, but we need to learn this stuff in order to have a future. We can't continuously go the way where we're going and think and believe that we're going to be winning. We're on the top. We're doing this thing. I hate to tell you, but if you peeked into the Bible and you know anything about the story, it says that we do win. So it is start. It is time for us to start to become the champions that we need to be. The way that we start to win this thing is by learning the information that we need to learn, the, by, by tuning in to things of this nature where it's it's a little bit difficult. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. But I'm gonna tell you, send your send your dollar payment. And then if they send if they get mad at you, tell them to send you go on to misunderstood Adrian and tell them to send I send them a message for you explaining <laughs> the why you did. And the last thing I want to tell you is go on and get yourself a book and understand that Child, you done survived through some tough times. And some of them have to be doing with student loan debts and everything else. But you always remember that we all in this thing together. And no matter how we can work it out, if I can help you pay your bill and you can help me get out of jet because I didn't pay my bill, then we all going to work it out together. I appreciate all of you. And Kevin, thanks for keeping those glasses on for our bright future. <laughs> All right, all right. For everyone here for the People's Congress for Mexit and ATS, we thank you for watching and we will see you on the next show. Mexit, middle class exit. That's what we're here for. Thank you so much for being here. Antonio T. Smith Jr., and I just want to tell you what made me think about Mexit and what inspired me. The one thing that I cannot stand is that my people are asleep. Now, who are my people? In this case, I mean all of human beings. Why is it that you have been sold hook, line, and sinker and accepted that you're supposed to retire at 65? Makes no sense to me at all. I retired at 29. I haven't had a job since I was 29. Don't need one and never will have one again. And I have three kids and they won't have to have a job either. My only job is to make sure that my two oldest boys responsibility is that they never have to go in another man's neighborhood and beg for a job. Now, there's nothing wrong with jobs. That's not what I'm saying. Because if you can get income, it helps you invest more. So the higher the income you have, the more you can invest. And if you can get yourself to where you can save 70, save 40% of your income by save, I mean, hold, and then you're going to invest into an income producing asset and then buy you a million dollar cash flow in the apartment complex. But did you know what me and you, we can have a lot of fun together. All these things are like this around here in the future. The point here is my friends, but the middle class is not worthy of you. Think about it for a second. What if I told you I really want to be your friend, but a middle friend? I pause for a dramatic effect. What if I told you I really, really want to marry you, but I'm going to be middle monogamous? Think about that for a second. What if I told you that I want to take you 
to a romantic restaurant, but a middle, a middle prestigious restaurant. It's not the same. What if I said I have a heart transplant for you, but you're at the middle of the list? The point is, you have been taught that the middle is okay and middle class is not okay because you pay all the taxes and you have a crunch on you and you are depending upon paying for gas or getting insurance. So middle class exit is all about the information from conferences to seminars. But in this case, according to this platform, the news that you need to invest well, invest right, invest quickly, build, know what news is happening, know what's happening in tech, know what's trending, know what's happening as women in technology, et cetera, et cetera. What should you do in the next two years? What's the next 10 years? Do you even know that in 10 years, most of the jobs that you know of won't exist today? Do you know in 20 years when everything is fully automated and we're literally living in a virtual reality and then by, Janu by January 2027, they'll already be on 6G, you probably won't even have a job because a robot will be doing it. Now, we can either have you be a truck driver, shout out to truck drivers, who decides I'm not going to pay attention to the future and then now you're replaced by a self-driving truck. Or you could be a truck driver that invests in self-driving trucks. And when they try to replace you, you actually own the company. And that is why Middle Class Exit, also known as Mexit, exists. Find us on Facebook, Middle Class Exit. You can find us there, Mexit, and we would love to have you. Do me a favor, like and subscribe, depending on your platform. Give us five stars, rate it, comment, do whatever you have to do. Show everybody we're very looking forward to seeing you. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better, you can dominate.